0: Hello, and a warm welcome to the EMG Gold podcast. I'm Mark Koskela, and today I'm thrilled to be joined by the highly accomplished Chief Executive Officer for Ocon Healthcare, Karen Lesham. Karen is a seasoned executive boasting over 20 years experience within the medical device and pharmaceutical industries. Her specialties include the management of startups, business development, commercialization and finance. She's been featured in the likes of Forbes and Women's Health and is a leading voice in health and business. But not only is Karen a highly accomplished businesswoman, she's also currently an advisory board member for LSX Femtech Leaders, a mentor for the health network 8400 a member of the board for admissions for Femtech lab and so much more so sit tight as we'll be diving into karen's roles within these organizations in a little bit so in 2019 karen joined ocon healthcare as their vp for sales and business development and the following year in march 2020 was appointed as ocon's chief executive i'm really looking forward to our conversation today so welcome to the podcast karen how are you doing
1: Thank you, Mark, for the introduction and for having me today. It's wonderful to speak to you.
0: Great, and, and I thank you so much. So b- before we um, we get started, and just to give our listeners a bit of background into Ocon Healthcare. So Ocon innovates, develops, manufactures, and commercializes cutting-edge women's health products based on, on its patented IUB proprietary platform. So the IUB or intrauterine ball can deliver multiple drugs to the uterus to treat a variety of conditions. So As mentioned, you originally joined Ocon as their vice president for sales and business development, but within seven months, you'd become chief executive. Could you tell us a little bit about that, that transition and and journey?
1: Sure. Um, When I first joined Ocon, I was really excited about the notion that there's finally a product that looks at women's anatomy uh, in more depth, right? Our uterus is a cavity and it needs something that's not sharp. It doesn't poke. Uh, And just fits uh, our lifestyle, because most of the choices that we make uh, are lifestyle related, unless, of course, uh, we have an illness that we need to treat. So I was very excited about the notion to join a company in women's health. Uh, Me, myself, I use uh, intrauterine devices my entire life, and so I felt uh, immediately very connected to the cause. Uh, Of course, I uh, also inserted uh, our product immediately. I had to check for myself, is it really better uh, or not? Um, but when I did join, uh, sales weren't booming as we expected, and they needed some help. The, the management of the company needed some help to understand why. Um, originally, they thought it might be price, it might be positioning, uh, but we very quickly learned um, that in order to do a good job to sell a, a woman's health product, you need great partners and distributors that have experience in selling specific um, intrauterine devices for women. So, we uh, did a whole uh, change in strategy there. But very quickly, uh, I think the board of directors um, understood that it may be time to shift gears in terms of management. Uh, up till that point, uh, there was a man managing the company, but you know, even CEOs have shelf lives, just like drugs. Um, and so, they, they made this shift. Um, I didn't have much to say about it. They basically told me this is what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know uh, what I was getting myself into, but uh, I can tell you that in September, it's going to be two years of me being in Ocon, and uh, I don't remember a time that was this crazy, fun, uh, innovative, uh, and inspirational, uh, so I'm very happy they uh, insisted that I take on this position
0: it sounds like things are going um really well there you've obviously been in the role for almost approximately a year and a half and, and what would you think the the biggest change you've you've brought in in that period's been <laughs>
1: um we had to do a lot of changes uh, in the company mainly because of strategy so um we updated or changed our board our investors Uh, our key management, some of our employees, Uh, we've changed our strategy, our products. Uh, We even changed uh, the direction the company is headed in terms of future products, Uh, we've we've made a lot of changes. So it was a lot of of challenges uh, to overcome. Uh, And of course, we increased our sales. And and we've done a lot of work uh, together, of course, with my stellar team, uh, to make these changes uh, come to fruition.
0: It sounds like it might have been easier for me to ask, uh, what, what didn't you change within the past 18 months?
1: Uh, I didn't change my CFO. Okay. <laughs> he's he's my, my best friend on the job. So yeah, him and I together are, you know, are pretty much uh, Bonnie and Clyde. So yeah, he's, uh, he hasn't changed. <laughs>
0: Great to hear! Great to hear. Um, we we're obviously lucky enough to have you as a contributor on our most um, recent issue of Gold Magazine, and the article was uh, "Nurturing Innovation in Maternal Health," which addressed health and research inadequacies in in that area. And within the article, you spoke about the importance of investment in this space, and in particular, an increase in female investors. So, what what do you see as the current hurdles for women looking to invest in healthcare at this time?
1: Well, just to give you a little bit of background, you know, when when you're a woman, uh, you realize that there's not a whole lot of studies that have been developed with women in them, Uh, and, and pretty much rightfully so, because women have a hormonal cycle every month, and if they take women into big drug studies, you know, this could skew some of the information, and there's so much money going into the development of therapies and drugs that, you know, white males are the best candidates because they always represent white males. And so, you know, years ago, uh, women were considered smaller men, uh, but we're not. And uh, we have, you know, a different metabolism. We have different organs. And I'm not talking about the brain. I'm talking about the uterus. Uh, And and so we need... Um, therapies and also um, clinical studies to address specifically women. I'm not even talking about uh, medical um, uh, availabilities and and the way uh, the medical profession even treats or uh, subjects women to health care. Uh, But if we look at the narrow uh, niche of therapies and we look at the uterus, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And this is one of the things that we're doing at Ocon. I think that uh, women's health for years was looked upon as a niche, uh, a very big niche, 51% of the population. I think that I'm lucky to be in an era where uh, women's health is getting a spotlight um, and, and when we talk about women's health, we o- not only talk about women that are pregnant or maternal health that are having babies, but also women um, that are younger, women that are older, women that throughout their lives from the age of 14, 15 through menopause and the age of 60 and 70 still need specific treatments uh, to cater to specific conditions. And there are so many pain points that women have very different from men uh, that we hope to tackle uh, with Ocon but also with other companies and great innovations in this space.
0: Great no th- thank you and it, it still surprises me that, that this you know in the year 2021 this is uh, still still kind of a, a, a huge challenge but um, it definitely sounds like um, great progress being made certainly within your your organization. Um, as, as previously mentioned, you're involved with a lot of organizations many of whom empower and connect women within within stem. One of those I'd, I'd be, be great to hear a bit more about is is the organization called 8400, where I believe you're currently a mentor. Could you tell us a bit more about what that mentorship entails and, and how, how it's impacted your own personal development?
1: Sure, uh, I'd love to. So when, when I uh, took the reins at Ocon, I quickly realized that most of the women's health companies not only need to innovate with new therapies and new devices, um, we also need to educate. Uh, many of us are not aware of the options out there available to us, or even aware exactly how our bodies are built and function. Um, and so therapeutic is one area where we're working on this innovation, but education needed to be a big host of that. And the third most important um idea that I realized uh, women's health companies should be focused on is giving back to the community um, as much as we can. And together with my team, we do a host of volunteering. We adopted a college for women that are escaping the prostitution cycle. We give them jobs. We give them references. Um, and one of the things that I do, amongst many others, is is uh, spend my time with other younger or First time entrepreneurs that are finding it difficult um, to bring their uh, company or innovation or project to fruition. And this is what I'm doing through 8400 is the experience that I gathered with multi-international companies, but also local companies in the pharmaceutical industry, in the medical device industry, and also in the diagnostics industry, I tried to give back as much as I can to help support these entrepreneurs to bring on innovations, not necessarily in women's health, but innovations uh, in general. The 8400 Group is an amazing organization that is local here in Israel, but what they want to do is really bring innovation To the highest level of professionalism in order for us to be able to kind of uh, build an ecosystem of health and tech and so i'm very proud to be part of that uh, as a mentor in that organization
0: that sounds um absolutely um absolutely fascinating and do you find that it gives you inspiration as well in terms of when you return to back to the office for your day job
1: well, I got to say that it's it's an additional job uh, because you get very involved, um, not only professionally, but also emotionally with some of these founders and entrepreneurs um, mm-hmm. to help them really with their, their journey. And the journey can include their strategy, can include fundraising, can even include who the people that they work with, their board and how they communicate uh, up and down to their staff. Uh, So there's a lot of um, work entailed into that. And I got to tell you that I always tell my kids, you know, when you um, when you teach, you first and foremost learn. And I learned so much and so many ideas and thoughts come to to me uh, and then, you know, kind of penetrate back into Ocon from learning about, you know, some of the difficulties or some of the successes uh, that, that I have during this mentoring process. So absolutely, it really inspires me. I'm really happy to be able to help from my experience so that people don't fall into pits, um, that many people do fall just because of inexperience or maybe because they see a very narrow picture because they're in into the details and not uh, from the outside looking in.
0: Yeah, no, I, I guess... Being unable to see the wood from the trees can be a, a, a common uh, a common issue, I guess.
1: And I got to also uh, mention, Mark, that I also have a mentor. Uh, and right. I think that every CEO should have one person that they confide in that has been there, done that, and they feel that they could relate to and really ask the tough questions. When you hit uh, a roadblock, uh, you want to consult sometimes outside the company. Uh, and so... While I mentor, I always make sure to have a mentor myself. Uh, I think it's very, very important.
0: Is that really just to get that? It's not even external perspective, is it? But but have someone who almost doesn't know the detail who can then ask those kind of um, those kind of telling questions.
1: Correct. I, I can tell you that I uh, sat on the seat of the CEO, and the first thing I did literally was reach out to. Uh, a Dr. Jessica Grossman, who is a high-level CEO in our in our space, uh, that is also developing intrauterine devices, but in a different type of um, you know device. And I asked her. I said, you know, would you uh, help escort me in any capacity? And of course, she said yes. And there's so much to learn from people. That are in the industry, that have been there, done that. Uh, she she's light years ahead of uh, where I am within Ocon, and so it's been just a pleasure. I learned a lot from her, and then I can take some of the things that she brings to the table, and when I mentor, uh, bring those to the table as well.
0: Great to hear, um, and I guess kind of jumping back more specifically to, to Ocon and you know your strategy, and I mean, what what are your visions for the future for, for Ocon?
1: Well, um, I think that Ocon is very, very unique in the fact that it's not a one-off product company. We developed the intrauterine ball, as you mentioned. So it's a a tiny little stent, a ball, that knows how to deliver drugs to and through the uterus uh, for various indications. So this is truly a platform technology where we can tackle anything from contraception to uterine fibroids to endometriosis to menopause. We can look at um, the uterus itself as a carrier uh, of information. And so I really want to build Ocon to be a women's health hub with four pillars. We want a pillar for contraception with both hormonal and non-hormonal contraception uh, balls. We want to build a pillar of therapies for all the different diseases that I mentioned. We want to build a pillar for vaginal health. So if we deliver drugs to the uterus, why not deliver drugs to the vagina? And so we we really want to build more uh, pipeline products um, within the organization. And also we want to put a little chip on this device and monitor, monitor and treat and help detect uh, certain conditions, uh, levels of sugar, perhaps, um, anything we can have as an internal wearable, uh, because these devices are in our bodies anyway. So why not use them to detect and treat and monitor uh, all sorts of uh, things that are uh, important to do um, within women's health. So I really want to build Ocon to be a, a hub for women's health.
0: Wow. Well, no, that definitely sounds like you've got some, some great plans there. And be fascinating to see see how that uh, how that progresses In, in we,
1: we call it we call it expensive hobbies <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, taking a step back and thinking more broadly about women's health as a whole so what 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 other advancements do you, do you hope to see in the future
1: well I think the future is already here um, You know, Ocon's uh, mission is to take away oral drugs that we swallow and our whole body kind of, you know, works to to facilitate them. So we want to move away from oral therapies with all the systemic side effects and put them on a little ball to deliver it to the target tissue. But we already see a lot of home-based therapies, monitoring great advancements in terms of uh, endometriosis and menopause, and we're going to see more and more of this uh, come to fruition as time goes by. I I think that one of the bigger problems of this um, community of innovation is that many of these are very small companies with one-off products, and so I think if Ocon becomes a hub and we see other hubs uh, in the world uh, that could cater to an array of conditions and put Uh, a lot of these innovations under one roof, I think it would be a lot easier to finance, a lot easier to manage and much easier to bring to the market um, versus, you know, these one-off smaller little companies. And so I really want to see in the future a lot more um, studies uh, directed to women uh, to help treat an array of conditions, but even not necessarily at the doctor's office. I want to put the power back in women's hands and educate them on their options, and be able for them to go um, to their local uh, pharmacy and be able to uh, detect and treat whatever they need to detect and treat. So that's uh, in the in the very long uh, future ahead.
0: And, and that kind of approach, do you think that that hopefully would kind of reduce almost kind of that that barrier to access the the technology? You know, whether you're geographically in a in a country where it's not so easy to access, you know doctors or, or you know potentially a, a third world country for example?
1: Absolutely we're, we're very focused on what we call LMIC low to mid-income countries. I, I personally believe that any innovation uh, or any therapeutic advancement needs to be in the hands of every woman regardless of where she is uh, and so yes once you make these therapies available simple uh, and even off the shelf um, this will empower women to be able to get uh, the benefit of uh of getting to these therapies and not necessarily in the doctor's office.
0: Yeah, absolutely fascinating. And 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 in terms of this year, what, what's your what's your standout moment from 2021 so far in women's health being?
1: Wow, that's such a hard question. I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's team-related, board-related, me-related. Uh, there's so many. We have so many little wins. And so, so much challenge. Um, but I think that this year, uh, cumulatively, we won the Frost and Sullivan uh, Leadership Innovation Award. And if anybody gets a chance to see what Frost and Sullivan wrote uh, about the industry and about Ocon, that gave us as a team, all of us, uh, such a huge you know, push and wind uh, back to, to kind of help us grow. Uh, I think that that's the biggest achievement for 2021. Uh, if I look at that, because that really entails all of us and all the hard work that we've done to really stand out uh, in the intrauterine device uh, space.
0: I guess from your perspective, it must be great to get that, that kind of external validation from from respected organizations, effectively saying you guys are doing a great job.
1: Yeah, it, it was very exciting. Uh, I, I wanted to mandate a sticker. On our foreheads for everybody to walk around <laughs> with, <laughs> but then uh, I decided, you know what? We'll just put it in our email signature.
0: <laughs> Maybe you need little uh, little badges that can kind of just appear on the collar, so you still can see them on your your Teams or your Zoom call. But, exactly. Uh, don't necessarily have to be on your forehead.
1: <laughs> no, I wanted to to be very uh, in your face. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, no, no, of course, and definitely sounds like something that you you want to shout about.
1: Yeah. It was very uh, exciting to get that award.
0: Great, thank you so much for your your time. It's been it's been really inspiring speaking with you today, Karen. So thank you again. That's all we have time for this week. So to our listeners, if you'd like to hear more conversations like the brilliant one we've just had today. Please join us again next Tuesday, and if you haven't uh, done so already, don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts from. Also, why not check out our magazine at www.emg-gold.com, where you'll be able to find loads of great content, including the article that we discussed earlier featuring Karen. So until then, take care, and we will see you next time on the EMG Gold Podcast.